Welcome to the So She Go podcast. Everyone, whether a mum, dad, bride or groom, you deserve to throw an event you can sit back and be proud of. Therefore, we will be providing you tips and what's trending straight from the horse's mouth. Our reputable Australian Soshigo suppliers, here to help you execute the party or wedding you've been dreaming of. If you're a goal crusher in the events industry, looking for business tips and tricks from other industry leaders, you are in the right place. Soshigo for Business is the podcast for you. On Social Go for Business, we are all about authentic, honest conversation, business talk, gauging advice from other businesses on their climb to the top, process hacks to save you time, and of course, a place for you to be yourself to think freely. I am your host, Laura Karifalakis, co-founder and creative director at Sochigo, here to help you bring magic and certainty into your events, as well as allowing businesses in the events industry to step into the business they deserve with support, confidence and purpose. Together, we can make a positive impact in the Australian events industry. Are you ready? It's time. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Social Go Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Karafalakis, and I'm so excited to have a special guest on today's show, Leo from LGT Digital. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited. No, thanks for coming on. Um, your inspiration, as young as you are, um, you've not let your age or I'm not being ageist, but I find it inspiring <laughs> and I wish I had that drive at such a young age and my 30-something-year-old husband thinks the world of you and thinks you're absolutely fantastic. And he uh, he, I think he is amazing as well. Oh, it is mutual. You guys should just run away yeah. together. But <laughs> <laughs> Be careful, watch out. <laughs> yeah, got to watch you. Um, but, no, honestly, I can't wait to share, um, well, for you to share your story today with all of our listeners because I think you've got so much to give, but also people can learn so much from you because mm. you – you're amazing. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm honored to be on the show. I'm excited. Awesome. So let's start with, um, let's just get right in, Mike. Who are you? Yep. Where are you from? What are your goals? What are you doing? Um, let's, let's just do it. Get in to your okay, home. Okay. So <laughs> who am I? So I'm, I'm Leo. And what do I do? So I run a digital marketing agency called LGT Digital. And LGT Digital stands for Let's Grow Together. And we're an agency that specializes in both web development and Google marketing for service-based businesses. So, you know, we help small businesses, medium-sized businesses take advantage of the online world and um, scale up, help them get more business. That's uh, what we do. In terms of goals, I've got a lot. <laughs> I've got the entire podcast talking about my goals, but... I'm, uh, I've always at a very young age been extremely family, um, motivated. Mm. Um, I'm the eldest out of, um, uh, three kids at home and, uh, my parents are my absolute inspiration. I do everything I do for them. Um, at a young age, I, I took lead and I, I told them that uh, I wanted to do big things for them. I wanted to, you know, take our family from, you know, struggling financially and to start uh, leading, uh, li- living a really, um, you know, financially rich life and, and just not, not necessarily to have all the luxuries. It's not from a materialistic point of view, but more, more so just to no longer be in pain as a result of the lack of finances. And, um, and so my goals is, is always orientated around taking care of them, looking after them. And, um, and for me to do that, I'm going to have to obviously do extremely well in business. And so I've got a lot of business goals as well. 
Yeah, it's beautiful to watch you and your family on Instagram. It's so funny, like how you. close you are. Like I can only hope mm. that my kids will be like that and, and not to bias I'm anything, sure but just that bond yeah. and you can tell you all love and care and have each other's back and it's so special. And your dad's a tank. Yeah. He is a tank. Yeah, my dad. <laughs> That's, and that's and that's why I guess I'm so motivated to do good by them because that we don't have that bond by accident. My parents mm. sacrificed a lot to make sure that they were always home. My dad took me to every single training session with both karate and, and, and football. Um, my mom was always home when I'd get back from school. Food would be ready. He should be, you know. I never, I never had to ever worry about uh, the small things like, you know, even like doing my bed. And and I, I lived a very spoiled Middle Eastern um, uh, male <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah. And um, and and my parents were always there. And so that's the reason we're both, we're, we're both myself and my or myself and my siblings are very close to them, and we're all very close to each other. And we all collectively it's not just me i've also got a younger sister who's 21 you know she's in her fifth year studying law and, and she's going to be an absolute superstar in her field my younger brother who's 14 is an absolute machine too um and wants to do so much in life and studies really hard and he, he trains like like an animal and 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 i guess three motivated kids didn't come by accident they came because the parents invested so much into them uh, and for that reason we want to make sure that their investment pays off and, and look after them in return and, that, and that's amazing um everything you yeah. just said there because you want to provide for your parents financially and to give them yeah. what they couldn't provide but what they provided for yeah. you could never amount to a house or a car because you wouldn't be never. where you yeah. are without them what what they've instilled exactly. you know put into you and the time the care and the effort and some people with millions of dollars they don't give that time to their kids yeah that's right and you can't put a price tag on that time absolutely absolutely and that's and that's something that you know I told my I told my dad you know my dad is a very proud man and and he is a hard worker himself finances wasn't necessarily the um the area of life that him and, uh, and my mum um I guess, uh, thrived in, uh, but I, and, and then, you know, we'd have the conversations and he would say, you know, I wish I had done a bit more, uh, to, to set you guys up. And I'm like, dad, you guys invested your time into us. Mm. And as a result, you've turned me into the person that I am mm. and the person that I am, I, I'm, I, I know how to make money now for the rest of my life. I don't need you to buy that house for me. I don't need you to give me that car. I don't need you to give me the money to start up my business because the person you have turned me into is going to be someone who can get all that, all those things plus more on their own. And so for me, I, I always, um, I saw the value in and looking after kids. And, you know, the reason that I wanted to achieve a lot of success at a young age and I set the goals to achieve them at, at a very young age wasn't just only, only because, you know, I was running against the clock and I wanted to, to really help my family as soon as possible. But it was also because I wanted to get myself in a very comfortable position by the time I'm ready to, to get married and have children so that I don't make the mistake I've seen others make where money becomes the focus and the kids become the sacrifice. Mm. And I wanted to make sure that I get myself in a position where I achieve a lot of success at a young age so that I can start taking a back step much earlier than what people typically need to so that I can invest the same amount of time into my kids that my parents did. The only thing I want different is I don't want there to be financial pain in the process of doing that this time around. Wow. At yeah. such a young age, you've realized this. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> Thank it's, you. It's inspiring. It really is. It's, 
And what other goals have you got? So you've got the goals to help your parents and your family, mm-hmm. your siblings. What else? What else have you got going on? So I guess a lot about my goals right now are business focused, business orientated. Um, right now we're we're a team of um, five, and uh, I'd love to grow that. Um, I'd love to grow that number. I'd love for us to become a real respected um, agency in in our field, and and to become a leader in the service space. And uh, not not to be looked at as a marketing agency that provides nice websites and and provides uh, SEO and Google Ads as a service, but a marketing agency that genuinely helps business owners um, make more money than what they're investing. So we're really results focused as well. And the reason I want that to be a focus is because in our space, uh, the the, the digital marketing space is literally ridden or whatever the expression is. It's just there's there's so many um, agencies that are taking businesses' money. They're um, they're then locking them into long contracts. And then at the end of that six months, at the end of that 12 months, the business turns around and goes, I've got nothing to show for my investment. And so we wanted to take another approach and be extremely results focused. So we don't really put a lot of emphasis on contracts um, and our websites speak for themselves. In, in, we don't really need to do a lot of selling. Whenever we show business owners the quality of our designs we've shown for other clients, it pretty much sells us uh, quite immediately. So um, our goal is just to be a respected agency and um, and as a result of that to then grow to be one of the largest here in Melbourne and, and hopefully one day Australia as a leader in the service space. Well, um, in the leader in the service space marketing. Service space. I know, I know if you're wanting to do it, you're going to do it. So I can't wait to see you put it on your insta stories that you've done it and you've got there because i know you. you will thank you thank you um but let's talk more about you um and then we'll move mm-hmm. on to the business side so you've written a book and how old were you when you wrote your book i started writing my book at 21 wow. and i published it um by 22 wow so i wrote my i was right in the process of writing my book for a total of 12 months and that pretty much just consisted of uh waking up an extra hour early and writing for an hour throughout um, at the beginning of my day, and um, and then you know you, you can't you can't underestimate doing small things every day consistently over a long period of time because that hour a day over nine months ended up equating to around fifty thousand words, and uh, and then and then I spent the last three months of that twelve month period writing around three hours a day, and then. That number grew to around seventy thousand, and then I ended up bringing. And then I, you know, did what you're supposed to do, bring the, you know, just got rid of all the things that weren't necessary in the book, and then I, I brought it down. And then um, the book is uh, around one hundred and seventy-two pages. It's a short book because it's targeted at people who are just getting started in their journey. It's called the first step. And first so step I remember up, yeah. when I just wanted to get started in a business, if someone had handed me a thick book. I barely got motivation to even open it, let alone read through, you know, three, four hundred pages. Mm. And so the book that I wrote was designed, I guess, to be tailored for that person who, you know, is like, man, I have an idea, but I just don't know where to get started. And someone goes, here, you need to read this book. It's called The First Step. It's going to help you take yours. And uh, that was the, the whole idea behind the book. So it's like, the, so if someone has an idea, um, yeah. so it's like an ultimate business startup guide. Is that essentially what it is? It's not. It's not. It's not really the ultimate business startup guide. It, it, okay, so it definitely has a lot of practical advice on how to get started in your business. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of things that I wish I knew when I had gotten started, like you know, 
how the AVN works and, mm. and um, where to go get your domain from and how to set up your website. And, you know, and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a section which shows, you know, around 50 um, unique, unique business ideas that people can get started on right away. It talks a bit about my um, experience. It, um, I've got anecdotes in that book also. But the book is really focused on it's – not, it's not meant to be complicated. It's focused on one thing, and that's helping people at the end of that book take one step forward. Just one. I just want you to take one step forward. So it's not really made to help someone um, put together the ultimate business that's going to set them up for to make millions of dollars. And the reason I wanted to be careful and not to write something like that is because I was always very conscious um, of the fact that I was never – I was never at that point extremely successful in business and nor am I right now. I'm doing well for myself at, at, at 23 and over the next couple of years, I can I feel like I'll be able to say, you know, I've, I've got a business and, and, we're, and we're doing extremely well and I've achieved quote-unquote business, um, high-level business success. However, at that time, I wasn't that person and so I didn't want to write a book and be like, here's how to run a successful business or set up a successful business because – I'm not really one to say that, but what I did have, what I, I definitely had a credibility was, here's how to take your first step. Because at a young age, anytime I had an idea, I always took a step right away. And that was what most people struggle to do, take that first step. Just do Many it. people are, are crippled by action anxiety. They've mm. constantly got this idea. And we all know those people who've always got ideas. Fear but of don't failure. don't take action on anything. Fear of failure. And I was always the opposite. I've got an idea in my head immediately executed on it mm. and I just wanted to write a book that would aid that person on moving forward, take that first step and, and that's really what that book is. But most people who read that book tell me, you know, it, it, it helped them move into their business and, and, and get something off the ground. Yeah. I, I love how authentic you are because so many, how many ads do you get on Facebook? Oh, how to make a million dollar business overnight and it just, it doesn't work that way. Follow these five steps and you you know, implement into your business and you'll be successful. So I love how you've done a guide on how to actually yeah. get started because some people just need that push to to just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, they do. So and you've also – can we talk about your countdown as well? Oh, uh, yeah, you want to talk about yeah. that? Yeah. Can you explain to <laughs> well, our listeners you your countdown? Just explain it? Yeah. So, okay, so my parents, when they initially came to this country – they came from Syria, both of them, and my all my dad's side from is from Syria. My dad's got three uncles, three aunties, all from Syria. I've got around twenty something cousins over there. My dad doesn't have a single family member here. My mum's side is here though, and so when they came here from Syria, they did what every family would do, and that is, you know, work hard, buy a home, and pay off their mortgage. And they did that, but they came from Syria, which is a really social and fun country, and there's, you know, there's a lot of family values there, and, and you know, not surprisingly, that was something that was very important to them. They didn't like the lifestyle of just working, paying off the mortgage, um, and they so they decided when I, when we were ten when I was ten years old, and my siblings were a couple of years obviously younger than me, um, they decided they wanted to move back to Syria forever. You know, they had bought their home, they had a bit of equity in it, and they decided to sell it. And when they sold the home, they went to Syria with some money. I don't know what what they went with. Maybe it was around like you know fifty grand in profit or something like that. But to them, that was that was a lot of money. Um, and you know, one of their regrets is actually selling that home because if they had kept it, they would probably have close to a million dollars in equity uh, mm-hmm. today, or at least you know half a million or something in that range. And so they sold it, and then they went to Syria, and then they started their life. And um, they were able to to they had they had power over there 
because, you know, whatever money they went with, I'm not sure the actual figures meant a lot in Syria when you translated to the Syrian, Syrian currency. Right. And so, you know, they started a big business down there. Um, they, they, you know, made some business investments and they, and then the money was just being spent. And then a couple of the investments and, and financial decisions they made, uh, didn't work out. And so after a year and a half of living there, like, for example, they sent us to a private school. And they spent all this money on us and, and the private school didn't work out and we had to leave the private school and, and then start getting tutored privately because so you we lived didn't over know there. how to read. So you, actually, so you lived in Syria? Yeah, I lived oh, in right, Syria okay. for a year and a half from 10 to 11 and a half years old. That was a pretty pretty cool experience. And um, while I was there, there were so many stories that, you know, just, you know, started to come rushing back to me. But I, I saw them, you know, start – their experience in Syria very happy and excited and then as the months go on things uh, started to play out and and then issues began to arise and then by the end of the stay they had pretty much had nothing and so they went okay so the best thing we could possibly do is come back to Australia to at least if we, you know like we've it didn't work out for us let's at least put the kids in the best possible situation and Syria just wasn't one of them. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't the, the right place for us to grow up in. So we came here and then you would you, literally, so I came here around 11 and a half, 12 years old. And um, this is all going to make sense when I come, come to the countdown. When we came back, the amount of financial pain they went through that I had to then experience at a conscious age of around 12 years old up until 17 is what motivated me to make such a big promise to them. Mm -hmm. So they came back with nothing. They had to essentially restart their relationship because financial problems also causes marital issues as well. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, there's, there's mistakes that happen that led them to that point and, and, and it's very difficult to rebuild the relationship. So they came back. And so that on top of the financial pain, I was, witness to it all and I felt it with them as much as they tried not to allow me to feel it I felt it with them I felt what it, what it was like not to afford bills I felt what it was like not to be able to pay rent I felt what it was like not to afford to go back overseas and we didn't go back overseas for nine years after that because they couldn't afford you know to pay for the plane tickets and that was one of my goals was to buy tickets for the whole family and take them and I was able to do that at 19 or 20 years old I believe it was Wow. And so, yeah, and so I, I felt all these things. And so around 17, um, there was just a series of events that that were, were taking place and um, there was there was still the financial um, issues and I, I noticed that the, that, 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 that was still there and um, I was like to myself, okay, I guess their relationship is starting to get a bit better. What can I do to get them through it? Because I don't want them to fight anymore. I don't want there to be any um, any arguments, right? And I don't want them to have any pain financially. So at 17, I sat them down and I said, guys, by 25 years old, this is what life is going to look like for us. Just give me until 25 and, and, and hang in there. Hang in there. Have that hope. I just wanted to give them hope. And I literally, like word for word, told them exactly what life would be like at 25. I told them that I'd retire them. I told them I'd buy them a home. I told them I would be a multimillionaire. I told them that this is this is the type of lifestyle we would have in terms of travel. I told them this is the cars that we would have. 
we're, we're, you're never going to worry about financial problems. You guys are going to be able to do whatever you want. And I listed out all these promises and I even had figures. Like I had not so crystal clear with what it is that I wanted. And the person who actually helped me come become crystal clear was um, Tony Robbins. Yeah. And so he's, he's someone who I look up to massively. And I, I listed it out for them and I, and I made these series of promises and I've never, um, I guess, publicly said exactly what those promises are. And I don't know if I'm necessary, if it's necessary for me to, to actually say them because they're intimate. That's what makes it special. Mm-hmm. It's between us. Mm-hmm. But people can get the gist of it. It's really just to take care of them financially in every single way. It's to take us from financial struggle and not just make us comfortable, but to go from one extreme to the complete other where money is no longer an issue to do anything, right? And so I sent that I set that goal for them um, that I would achieve by 25. And I've been counting the days until that since then. Wow. Every day. And um, around, uh, I would say, last year, I made the countdown public for the first time. And I made it public when there was 696 days left. And I made a video about it. I explained to people what the countdown was. I told them this is what I've done since then. I've told them this is how many days I've got left in the countdown. I've said that I don't know how I'm going to make it happen, but I just ha- I just know I'll, I will figure it out. And now, today is day 403. So I've got 403 days left until my 25th birthday by which I'm supposed to have everything figured out. And, you know, life is starting to work its way itself out and I can definitely see how I'm, how I'm going to do it. And it's, it's something that drives me every single day. I've got a countdown clock in my office and I come in and it reminds me to make the most of every day. It reminds me that life is short. It reminds me that, um, that I made a promise. And so through my toughest times, I remember it. And even through my successes, I remember it because, you know, you can either slow down because things are getting really hard or you can slow down because things are getting comfortable. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in that place where things are getting comfortable where, I'm, I'm helping my family a lot and we're no longer feeling a lot of that pain anymore. But I've got to remind myself like, nah, this is not what I promised them. I didn't promise them to get comfortable. I promised them, I promised my mom I'd to take her in a jewelry shop and be like, hey, buy what you want. Don't look at the price tag. You know, I promised my dad that, you know, he, he would be able to travel overseas as many times as he wanted, whenever he wanted, um, and, and money was never a problem. And so we got some work until we get to that. So that's pretty much the 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 um the countdown and and it's essentially my why it's what gets me up every day and um and it's what motivates me to to work so hard. And what a why! Yeah, like to, <laughs> most kids would be like, and me included. Oh, I'll buy my mom a house. I'll buy my dad a house if I won the lottery. Like you are working your butt off to provide yeah. your parents a life that it's you know you think they deserve because they've raised you to be, you know, yeah. an absolute gentleman. Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. So I was just having a moment. That's, um, it's amazing. It's yeah. They should be very, very, very proud of, um, the young man that they've, they've raised. Cause that's not, Thank not you. many, yeah. if any, you know, kids out there that think of their parents the way that you do. And that's fantastic. Um, well, uh, every, when, when people say that to me and they go, you, they should be proud of you, I tell them that I'm not like this by accident. Mm. This did not happen um, by, by me. Like if it, would, if it did happen that way, then we'd have at least one sibling in the family who we didn't turn out motivated. Yes. You know, like it's, it's not like that. My, my dad is a motivator. He is, like you said at the beginning, he's a tank. Like, yes. he, he, he trains every day. 
He's a he's a machine. He, I think when, your when dad talk, and my dad need to have like a, a trainer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen, I've seen your dad. Yeah. That's huge. Um, yeah, and and my 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 dad is my dad's a motivator. My dad would take me to training, and he would say things to me, and I would be distracted on my Game Boy back when Game Boys were a thing, playing like Pokemon. And I'd be in the car, and he would take me to karate tournaments, and he would take me to training, and he would talk, and he just wouldn't stop talking, and. I never really listened, but subconsciously I was. Mm. He used to say things to me. He used to go, you're going to be massive. You're going to be so successful. You're never going to wear, you're never going to wear what I'm wearing. You're never going to wear a high uh, shirt. Not that that's a bad thing, you know, mm. particularly because, you know, a lot of the people we work with is in the trades and construction space. But I think he just meant you're never going to be, you're not going to be, you know, 50 years old, 45 years old working, you know, at factory work or, or on, you're, you're going to be in a suit, he used to tell me. You're going to be successful. You're going to be a millionaire. He used to say these things to me and just, he would just be, that, that's how he is. And he still is like that every single day. No matter what happens, he'll be like, you, you'll, you'll figure it out. You're, you're a champion. You're a, you're a, um, in Arabic, that word is bapa, which is mm-hmm. you're a champion. And, and, he, and, and that, does, and so the way I am isn't, I'm not like this by accident. It's a result of his teachings. And then you've got the other side to it, right? Because you can easily fall down a path of um, narcissism when it all becomes about you and I'm 23 and I've done this and I've done that and I drive this car and I've achieved this much and I make this much money. But then I've got my mum who balances that all out and teaches me about love and empathy, teaches me about the importance of generosity, of giving back, of helping others, um, who teaches me that – you know, who keeps me humble, who reminds me that, you know, you don't, don't, you, no matter what happens, you need to stay humble because you were in the situation that other people are, are currently in. And, you know, life's taught me a lot. It's really, it really has taught me a lot. And I think if I'm, I'm grateful for one thing coming from a tough financial background, it's to never judge anyone mm-hmm. because I would, I was judged a lot growing up and I'll never judge someone based on anything. I don't care what someone drives. If someone's motivated, that's what I'll judge, judge them on. I will never look at anyone's, uh, what I see on the outside for an indication on how well they're doing. Because I remember driving my crappy car and be, and I was doing extremely well, you know? And then I know people who are driving amazing cars and, and have all the flashy stuff and are broke and are in debt. Yeah. And so I think this experience has taught me so much. And, um, and having two parents, one of them, on one side is extremely motivating and is encouraging me to move forward. And my mother on the other side, who keeps me humble and grounded. Um, I'll give you an example that will, will, will like, a, a, I'll give you an example of, of a story my mom told me that pretty much like explains the difference between um, the balance that I have. So I've got my dad on one side going, keep pushing, keep going. You're in, you're a machine. Do not slow down. Like keep on going. You, you are going to be huge. And I, and I've got him helping me move forward. But then one, once I got so lost in moving forward, I, I, I would barely see my parents. I would barely see them, barely hang out with friends. I was just working 16 hours a day, moving forward, moving forward. So then I was having a chat with my mom and she was going, I miss you. I want to see you more. I'm like, mom, I'm trying to make it happen for us. Please stop annoying me. Stop, stop. Like be patient with me. I'm trying to make it happen for us. I'm trying to take us forward. And then she goes, let me tell you a story, right? And when my mom tells her, goes, let me tell you a story. As any child, I'm not perfect. I get frustrated. I'm like, oh, here we go. You're going to drown my life for half an hour. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go do whatever I want anyway. So I'm, I'm a normal child. You know, I get frustrated with my parents, you know, um, you know, try to overdo it with their talking and stuff, just like anyone else. It's not like a perfect relationship. Yeah. She goes, no, you're going to listen to this one. She goes, there was a man, a poor man, and he was in charge of looking after the farmlands for a very wealthy king, 
right? And he had a wife and children. And he looked after the land so well that the king came down himself to visit him. And when the king came and he saw how well he was looking after his, his land, he said to him, here's a horse. I want you to ride this horse. And every bit of land that you ride past, every bit of land that you ride past is yours. And this is a very poor man. And so he gave him the horse. The guy went up and he couldn't believe it. He was about to become wealthy. He was about to become rich. He was about to change the life of you know, his wife and his kids. So he looked down at his wife and his kids. His wife is sitting there with his kids smiling at him. His kids are like, you know, arms wrapped around their, their, their mum's uh, legs just smiling and their dad was about to go and finally become rich, right? And he began riding this horse. And he began riding and he's riding and riding and riding and riding and riding. And he's going, oh, my God. Look how much land is now mine. We're now rich. Like I'm, I've, I've achieved it. And he would be like, okay, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Let me. Oh, no, not 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 yet. This is for my family. I'll, 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 this is for future generations. And he kept on writing. He kept on writing, and he kept on writing. And then he became absolutely engulfed with greed of just taking more and more mm. land. And he would just keep on going. And then he ended up stopping after a while. And he looked back, and he couldn't see anyone he lost track lost sight of his family lost sight of his kids lost sight of his mum i oh, sorry his his wife and he was on his own and that was pretty much a story that changed how i began to move because that's true you know you go down this path and you work and you want more and more and more and then you look back and then you realize that you, you can't see anyone anymore you've lost sight of your family you lost sight of what's important in life so that there it pretty much explains the difference between my mum and my dad and why I've got that balance. I, re- I really relate to that because, as you know, Harry's the go-getter. He's like, bang, bang, yeah. bang, yeah, next job, this, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a big job. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to get it. It's mine. Um, you know, a job's his before he even gets it because he's that motivated, um, whereas yeah. I'm a bit more humble and softer and I'll remind him, okay, the kids have assembly this week. You need to come. Uh, yeah. You know, it's sports yeah. day. You need to come. Like your kids need you home early this week because you've worked too, you know, late nights. Like go read them a book. And I'm the constant reminder. So I love that, that you don't need to be everything, but as a couple you can have that balance and that's what your parent, you know, your kids need. Um, yeah. That gives me hope. Thank you. Because <laughs> yeah, no sometimes I feel like I don't push important. hard enough, but, um, you know, sometimes you do need that balance in the household and, one side of the other. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to go into some business questions now because okay. you've yep. got so much to give. You do a lot around Google ads, Facebook ads, um, websites. Um, but I'm going to start with um, Google ads. Like, what are the benefits for a business specifically? Because our listeners are, you know, your cake makers, hirers, balloonists, um, anything in the events industry. Um, how can Google ads benefit them as a business? Okay. So I'll, I'll try to explain it the way I explain it to all clients who are mm-hmm. trying to make decisions between Google ads versus say SEO or building a website, right? Um, the first thing you need to consider is, is people are people searching for what it is that you provide? That is the first thing that you want to make a decision on. Are people searching for it on Google? If they are, it's probably in your best interest to do something to show up in front of them because 
you know how customers fall into different categories? It's like cold, warm, and then hot. Mm-hmm. Um, cold people are people who don't know they have a problem. They don't know. Um, they don't know that a solution exists out there. You need to educate them that they do have the issue and that you are the you are the solution. And then the warm warm people are, are, are those clients who are in a position where they know they have a problem but haven't really went out of their way to find that solution. And then you've got the hot customers. These people have got their hands in their pockets, ready to spend some money. They know their problem. They know how to find a solution and they're actively searching for someone to give their money through. And people who fall in that category are on Google, okay? When you're on Google and you're looking for someone to do your wedding, your uh, like say, whatever the service is, give me an example of a service. A that florist. You guys, um, Let's are, say a florist. Sorry? That's easy. Like a florist a for florist. your wedding. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. So, so keyword for florist may be um, florist Melbourne, mm-hmm. right? And so let's say someone was to type that into Google, what are they looking for? They're obviously looking for a florist to give work to and they're looking for them to be Melbourne-based. And so it's probably in your best interest to show up when they, when they, um, when they type that in and you can show up either on Google Ads, which is on a pay-per-click basis, or organically on SEO. So what are the different what's the difference between the two? The difference between the two is that Google has said, look, organically we're going to show who we believe is the most relevant website for this particular search word. And that's what SEO is. SEO is paying a SEO agency to do regular work on your website to optimize it so that in Google's eyes, you are the most relevant search result for when someone types in a keyword like Florist Melbourne. Now that takes a bit of time, but when someone when you when you eventually show up and someone clicks on the link, the link click is for free. You don't pay for it. Google Ads is Google Google's way of saying, look, for those businesses that aren't showing up here, we'll we'll give you some real estate on our search results. We'll let you show up, but you're going to have to pay for it on a pay per click basis. So then you pay Google Ads to show up on um, on on Google on a pay per click basis, and you may go, all right, well, how much do I need to pay? You pay dependent on your industry. So if you've got 10 companies advertising on Google Ads, only three or four of them can show up in those top um, four results at the at the top where you, if you type in Florist Melbourne, there's always going to be around three or four people um, who are advertising on Google Ads. And how much you're going to pay is how much you're willing to spend per click because it becomes a bidding war. And so that's why you've got some industries where the cost per click is like $30, $50, or $100 wow. because there's massive bidding wars going on. And those industries are like the electrical industry, plumbing, um, the law industry. Then you've got some industries that are a bit more in the medium side, medium end, where it's like, you know, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, those are around 15 to $25 a click. And then you've got some industries that are completely untapped, right? These are industries where everyone is skeptical of Google Ads and no one's tried it, but there's a lot of people actually searching for that keyword. Um, and, and that is an industry where you potentially could be in. And if you're in it, then you want to try, you want to take advantage of Google Ads. And the way it would work is, you put up a you put up a marketing budget. Let's say it's say two thousand dollars a month, and say the cost per click is around ten ten dollars. So you're now getting an extra two hundred visitors to your website. If you have a good good website, you may be you, you may be able to convert say around you know ten of those people. And you need to think about what ten conversions means for your business. You know, like some different businesses have different conversion values. So some business the lifetime value of a customer is five hundred dollars. Another business say in a the kitchen renovation space, it could be $20,000. Mm. So you may end up 
paying $2,000 a month on Google Ads, but and then if your business has a high lifetime value uh, per customer, your return could be 20 grand. And so you've got a 10x return on your ad spend. And then that's how you scale your business because if you've got a consistent um, return on your investment, then you can scale that up. You can scale that budget up to five grand to 10 grand and then you may, you, you should be getting a direct reflection in, in the amount of leads your business is getting. Okay. okay. Now, what, what both of these um, advertising platforms need, whether it's on Google Ads or, or working to skyrocket, skyrocket up in the ranks on Google, is a website. And so that's another thing that we do. And naturally, your website has to look amazing. And if it doesn't, then it's going to reflect your brand. I always say this to people. Your website is essentially your location online. So if you're a florist, would you have your floral shop uh, look messy? Would you have slow servers? Would you not have your, your products organized um, effectively? Would you be hidden away? No, you would make sure your shop looks amazing because when someone walks into that, it's going to make their decision between buying um, some flowers from you or not. Mm. Same thing with your website. Your website is your online shop. That's where people are going to go to get to, to, to see whether you're, you're legitimate or not. If, you, if I go on a website and it's for some sort of tradie or a floral shop and the website is crappy, it doesn't look good, it's slow to load, um, doesn't have relevant information, it's just it's just not visually appealing, the brand the branding isn't consistent. I'm gonna be like, well these guys must be like small time or their 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 flowers might not must not be that good. Alternatively if I go on a website and I get an amazing impression, I'm now going to be more willing to actually make an inquiry or a purchase. So that's pretty much the, the the whole idea of it. Build a beautiful website, make it look amazing. Um, even if you have to invest a little bit more, you could have your website for the next three to five years if you do something that is um, is built really well. And then use that website and leverage it to show up on Google where customers are actively searching for your particular product or service. And when they search and they find you, they click on your website and that should lead to a, um, a, a an inquiry or a direct sale on your on your shop page if you have one. So for me, everything you've just said and everything that I know, it's a no-brainer to have a website. If you're running a business, you need a website. Running it off of um, yeah. Facebook and Instagram, it's not you just you just don't. For me, like you need to get a website. Um, are there any specific like benefits and negatives of having a website that you can share? Um, yeah, the negatives would have would be having a website that isn't making you money, mm-hmm. uh, having a website that's consistently causing a bad impression on your visitors. That would be the negatives. If you've got a website that you put in your Instagram bio and every time someone comes to your page, they go, okay, these guys look all right. Let me check out their website. And they go in it and it's slow to load, doesn't look good, it's messy, um, there's no structure, the page is unstructured well, it just looks like a poor effort that you're constantly going to have a negative, you're going to give off everyone a negative impression on your business. That is the downside of having having a website, honestly. It's having something that isn't good because it's going to reflect your brand. It's going to reflect your brand. Oh, and and um, and you've only got one opportunity to make um, a good impression, one opportunity to make a first impression. And, and for that reason, now, even with us, when we upgraded our website, we got more inquiries almost immediately and we didn't really do any extra advertising. It was the same amount of people coming to our Instagram page, but now they were clicking on a website that looked a lot nicer. And suddenly people were more trusting of our work and what we can provide for them. So the only downside I can see of having a website is having a website that 
is performing poorly because it's going to consistently, um, you know, put a bad taste in the mouths of people who are inquiring or interested in your product or service. Mm. Um, and is there any advice on SEO? Because obviously when you've got a website, um, you know, you need SEO too, my, or else you're going to be on my best, you know, page honestly, thousand. Honestly, my best <laughs> advice, exactly, my best advice for SEO is do not be SEO friendly. If you're going to do it, be SEO aggressive. Mm. So if you're not showing up in the top five, at least top five search results, then and if you're not aiming to do that and you're not working aggressively to actually achieve that, then you may not may as well not really be ranking at all because I want yourself and the listeners to actually think about the net, the last time they went on page two. Top three, top four, maybe top five, but it, it, you, you definitely want to be in the top three positions. So if you're not in a position to invest with a company to be SEO aggressive to get those top positions, then do not do it because it's going to be a waste of your money. If you invest, you know, whatever you invest into SEO, even if you pay a cheap, cheap amount of, even if you go cheap and you end up on page three, it's not going to bring any business for you. Mm. Okay. And then I have businesses saying, well, um, I would really like to uh, at least show up when people search my business name. That's easy. That's, that doesn't need SEO. We, we, we would never pay, get anyone to pay us to do that. That's, that's so easy. Like, don't, that's not what SEO is. SEO is showing up, not when someone searches you, that should almost automatically be happening. If you build a, a website on WordPress and your main SEO title of your homepage is your business name, you put your website on your Facebook, put your website on your Google My Business, put your, you know, have a, have one, uh, someone else link back to your website for your particular, um, for your, your branded keyword, and you should be showing up right away when someone types in your business name. That's not SEO. SEO is showing up when you're, uh, someone is looking for your product or service. So, for example, Florist Melbourne or High Quality Florist Melbourne. So, my advice for people when it comes to SEO is, number one, take a look at the amount of search volume that is actually um, happening in your particular industry and some free softwares they can use. One of them is Uber Suggest by Neil Patel. And that is U-B-E-R, suggest. And they can go there, type a keyword, put it for Australia, like Florist Melbourne. I'll do it, I'll do it right now um, while, while we're talking. I'll just go to Uber Suggest. As an agency, we use um, SEO programs, which we spend thousands of dollars a year on. Right. But for the person who doesn't want to spend money, um, they can just go to Uber Suggest. I'm doing it right now. I'll right, pop all of this in the notes as well, guys. So if you want to check this out, I'll pop it in the notes and um, you can do yeah. your own research for your, your category, whether you're a cake maker, florist, you know, yeah. balloonist. Um, so I'm just waiting for it to load. And essentially, it will also give you a bunch of other keywords that, um, that are relevant. So if you – I just typed in florist Melbourne. Okay, so this program is telling us that there is around 3,600 searches a month. Wow. The cost per click is $4.09. That may potentially be um, in AUD or USD. So it's around $4 a click on, on Google Ads. Um, there is also uh, variations of the word. So people are also typing in Melbourne florist, right? Mm -hmm. But Florist Melbourne is is the most popular. Let's type in cake mel cake makers Melbourne and let's see what um, what we get. So when I type in cake Melbourne cake makers Melbourne, and this is fun. You can see here and type in your, your search words. It says 
is around 260 search volume. The cost per click is around 70 cents. So when I was talking about industries that were relatively untucked, this would be one of them. Yeah, you that's know, it's very really cheap. cheap. But wow. at the same, but at the same, but at the same time, I want you to keep in mind that the reason why it's probably cheaper is because the lifetime value of a converted customer for a cake maker would be much less. Right, and, right? The, and the profit from like a cake. Yeah, yeah, the profit profit exactly. from a cake is a lot, a lot smaller than um, exactly. obviously a, a you know a whole kitchen reno or you know, yeah, um, rewiring a house, for example. Exactly right. Like if I was to type in kitchen renovations in Melbourne, there's 1,600 searches a month. The cost per click is $14, okay. right? So now that's a bit of a more of, a, of an expensive industry. If I was to try personal injury lawyers in Melbourne, okay, now law, the law industry is pretty much saturated on Google. It's incredibly competitive. The cost per click is $56 on average. Insane. Wow. Okay. So that's just to show people that Google Ads works and so does SEO, but it just depends on your industry. Mm-hmm. It depends on w- how untapped your industry is and they can find out for themselves. And the way you can calculate it is as follows. Every website will convert at on average 5%, which means 5% of your website viewers should convert into an inquiry, a phone call or a lead. Okay. So if I'm put in front of a thousand people a month, for the keyword, um, say, Florist Melbourne, I've got a 1,000 people a month. If I'm getting around 200 clicks to my website at $4 a click, that's costing me $800, right? So $800 I've spent. Now I have uh, 200 people on my website. If I can convert 5% of them, that's 10%, 10, that's 10, 10 leads to my business, right? Now this might get a bit complicated, but if people are writing this down, it should make a lot more become a lot more clear. So now I've got 10 more leads to my business for, for, for say, Cake Makers Melbourne. Now, every business owner needs to take a look at their own sales conversion rate. So not every lead that's going to come through your business is actually going to convert into a sale, correct? Absolutely. So that, that conversion value may be, say, 50%. So now I know if I can get 200 people to my website, it's going to cost me $800. Out of those 200 people, 10 people are going to make an inquiry on average. Five of them are actually going to convert into a sale. Now I go, what's my average sales value? Is it $100? Is it $500? I'm not sure what it is in the, in the cake maker space. Would you have let's, an idea? Let's say, two, let's say 200 per job they make. Okay. Let's say. Two, 200. Yeah. $200, right? So if, if it was $200, then say 200 times the five sales, that's $1,000 made and you've spent $800. But we also know that that's a revenue. That's revenue. That's a sales figure. Yeah. So the profit is actually less than that. So they may be operating at a 40% profit margin, for example. Oh, no, that's what right. I was going to say, profit. So a cake can be exactly. anywhere between 200 to $500. Depends what they get these days. Well, well there you go, right? So that's that you, you only go on a profit basis. Now, if I was advising a cake maker and we would actually run the figures um, in this way, um, uh, we this wouldn't be profitable. Right, mm-hmm. because they've spent eight hundred dollars, they've gotten a thousand dollars on average worth of, of sales, but then maybe forty percent of that is is profit. So they've made four hundred dollars for eight hundred dollars spent. Mm. Right, but here's the thing: in the cake making space, the cost per click isn't four dollars; mm. it's seventy cents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's run those figures again. So let's say two hundred people to the website. It's now going to cost me. Um, 70 cents, so 200 people to the website, 200 times 70 cents, $140, right? 
and I've made $1,000 worth of sales based on the number we said before. So now $1,000 has been generated as a result of $140 spent. Now, if their profit margin is still $40, what have they made? They've made $400 in profit mm -hmm. for $140 spent. Now scale that up. Now spend $1,400 and they've made what in return? They've made uh, $4,000. Right, and so and that's profit. So so four thousand minus the one thousand four hundred, and that that difference there is their profit, and that's how businesses on Google can start scaling up. When no matter what, if they spend a dollar, they're getting two dollars in return or three dollars in return. Okay, so that there is usually how we run through with businesses. We take a look. We go, okay, what's your what? what how much people are searching? How many clicks can we get to your website? What's the cost per click on average? What's it going to? What? How many people are going to convert off your website on average? What is actually your conversion value, and what is that in profit? And then what does that look like for the amount spent? If there is a profitable return on investment, then it's a no-brainer because we have chats with businesses and we go based on this theoretical calculation here. Now, practical is going to be a bit different, but theoretically speaking, you should be getting around two dollars or two and a half dollars return on your dollar spent. Now, what's your budget? If I could guarantee you two and a half dollars on every dollar spent profit, well, they go now. My budget is whatever you want: five thousand a month, yeah. ten grand a month, twenty grand a month, and that's how businesses begin to scale. That's how they scale when they figure out that just bulletproof system of generating sales for their business, and they know I'm going to put a dollar. I am going to get three dollars in return, and now they're no longer scared to spend those massive figures. And that is how businesses leverage Google and scale up, and 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 you see those businesses. Um, invest all that money into SEO, SEO, and Google Ads because they're just making so much in return. I love that. Does that um, all make sense? Oh I, no, hundred percent. No, no, not at yeah. all. Um, okay, I, I understand it, and I'm not. Um, yeah, I'm not too savvy with this stuff, but I, I definitely understand, um, and it makes sense. If it's yeah. making dollars, it's making sense. Sometimes you've got to spend to make. Um, well, what, almost every time. Well, you know? yeah, so, always. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? Because I know there will be some people sitting there like, oh, I make enough from Instagram and Facebook and yada, yada, yada. What are your thoughts? Is social media dead for business? No, it's not dead. It's not dead. It's it's um, definitely still extremely viable for people to be making money off Instagram. Um, Organically or more? spending? Uh, oh, um, organic, the organic. The organic uh, reach is definitely getting killed and it's going to continue to drop. I think okay. Here's, here's an interesting fact that I don't think a lot of your listeners would know. I'm not. I'm not assuming ignorance here. But um, Facebook bought Instagram, and when I tell people this and our clients, not a lot of people actually know that Facebook it owns Instagram. They bought Instagram uh, for a billion dollars. So what happened to Facebook? And what's happened on Facebook is usually going to be happening on Instagram. Mm. Facebook's organic reach is absolutely destroyed. It does not matter how many likes you have. On your page, no one, no one runs at like campaigns. No one cares about how many likes a company has or your, your likes on your page does not convert into reach. If you want to reach people on Facebook, you have to spend on advertisement. You have to pay Facebook for you to reach your own audience. Okay. Where do you think Instagram's heading? In the exact same direction. Right now, there's, the organic reach on Instagram is dropping and organically the feed is going to be shown to less and less people. And what businesses right now, if they want to be taken advantage of it, and I'm going to mark the date because it's going to change very quickly. So the say right now it's the 11th of February. 
um, in 2020 right now, if businesses want to take advantage of social media, they need to be using their stories and they need to be putting around 10 to 15 stories a day because mm -hmm. your stories are getting organic reach, right? Organic reach on stories hasn't been killed yet, but eventually it will be. And eventually we're going to have to spend more money to reach people in our Instagram stories as well. How do you think okay. they'll kill it? How do you think they'll monitor that? And um, they, They'll yeah. just drop the reach. They'll drop it. They'll right. just drop the reach as, as they do with, as, as they've done before. They'll, they'll drop the reach. They'll say, um, you know, uh, we want to improve the quality. There's you know, mm. too many people posting stories now and we want to improve the quality of um, what our, our viewers see. So, you know, you're only going to get stories from people you're most engaged with and suddenly your your content is only going to be shown to people who like follow you through your stories or are like heavily engaged with your content and that can kill reach massively, massively. So that's probably the direction it's heading in. And the reason they're going to do that is because they're owned by Facebook. They want to increase their own revenue figures. And what they're going to do is they're going to encourage more and more people to spend on their platform. And so taking an organic Instagram um, approach and relying on that purely is going to be a, um, is a recipe for disaster. You may as well just start learning the game of how to spend money online to make more money um, as soon as possible. My answer to that is, look, just to answer your first question, businesses say, I'm already making money off, off social media. First is, why not make more? Mm -hmm. Secondly, if you rely on one source of generating leads or one source of generating sales, what's going to happen to your business if it gets cut? Yeah. We're a digital agency. We're a digital agency. We do stories. We do Instagram feeds, posts. We do, um, we, we, we do some work on Google. We have an, we've invested heavily into our website. We've done everything digital marketing related, right? But you know what I'm also doing? I'm also striking up strategic partnerships. I'm also doing referral um, referral commission partnerships. I'm also, um, you know, uh, yeah, is, like, the list goes on, attending networking events um, and doing everything I can to generate multiple sorts of leads for the digital marketing agency. I could be saying, oh, I'm killing it off Instagram, but what if, what if, that, gets, what, what, what if that gets cut? What if one of yeah. my big... Referrals stops referring. But what if I'm it's gone tomorrow? What if Instagram's Sorry? wiped tomorrow? Not that it will, but say your yeah, account what, gets what deleted it tomorrow. What if it did? It's gone. It's like, bad. Look, you can't get it back. It's bad business practice. It's bad business practice to rely on one, one source of generating leads. And so for those businesses that are like, I'm already doing well on Instagram, you're living in a fairy tale. That's a, you're, you're being disillusioned by things going well. And don't, don't be one of those businesses, businesses that wakes up one day and for something to happen on Instagram or to your Instagram account and then you go, oh, my God, I, I've lost 90% of my business overnight. Mm. And it's happened before. Even with businesses that rely purely on SEO, that's bad business practice because Google's algorithm can change. You may lose... Um, you know, your rankings and it may take you say a couple of weeks or a month to work your way back up. But in that month, you're used to generating say 50 grand in revenue from just from Google and suddenly that's gone and you've got your expenses to match it and your business goes under. So generating, never relying on one way of generating um, sales is, 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 is healthy in business. You should be trying to do as much as you can, as much as you can afford. Yeah. Testing, testing and seeing what's working and, you know, evolving and on that as like, well. Just a lot of, a lot of business owners who are small, 
are always thinking of marketing as an expense and yeah. that psychology needs to change. Mm. Oh, I don't know if I can afford two grand. Well, you can because that two grand is supposed to make you more. Mm. Of course you can afford it. And if it's done properly and it's done with an agency that it's actually going to run their numbers effectively, your $3,000 spent, your $5,000 spent, your $20,000 spent needs to return something more than what you've spent. And if, and if you do that, you're never really spending on marketing. It's never a, a, an expense. It's more an actual uh, investment. Also, in everyone's defense that not everyone, but a lot of people that think that and a lot of people that I've spoken to that, uh, you know, along the view of marketing's a waste of money, it's because they've kind of been stooged by who they've worked with and they've promised results. And like you said at the beginning, yeah. they, they, they've given a dream it's not happened and then they get told, oh, well, you know, it's not a guaranteed, um, you know, result. So I think then they're put off as well. Not everyone is, is as honest as you. And a lot of the time they don't calculate whether, you know, there is going to be a return on investment and they just want to get the job essentially. Yeah. Well, like I say this with, I've said this before, just because you've had a bad experience with an accountant, you can't write off all accountants, yeah. you've had a bad experience at a restaurant, you're Very not going to stop eating out. And the same thing with digital marketing. Very digital true. marketing is, is um, of course, there are people in our industry that don't produce results and um, are going to leave bad tastes in, 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 in a business's mouth. But what's your alternative? Doing it yourself? You should be spending your time doing it with someone, uh, doing what you're good at. Mm. And that's actually executing your service or growing your business. In the Leave business, it to the professionals. Yeah. And um, and digital marketing is, without a doubt, a relationship-based business. So when I tell businesses, we're going to come and do a service for you, I say to them, stop looking at us as a monthly expense. We're here with you. We mm. are part of the team. You've employed us. We're, we, we're here to help you, right? And so we'll learn together. We'll, 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 we'll grow together. That's why LGT is called Let's Grow Together. And... We've had relationships with businesses um, that we've, you know, we've, we've been working with for over a year and it started off a bit rough. You know, first two months were a bit difficult and, you know, we were trying to still find what works for them, you know, how they like to advertise to their customers and, 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 what, and, and what was actually a profitable model. But the moment we figured it out and we eventually did, now we have an amazing relationship and, and that's what a good marketing agency is going to do. There is no one method and one approach that is going to work for everyone. It should be it should be like almost tailored, and we'll figure it out together. And so I think businesses, when they're making a decision with marketing agencies, it shouldn't be about who's promising them the world. It should be like, okay, let me take a look at these guys. How do do they retain a lot of their clients? Have they lost a lot of people? Do they have a bad reputation? Um, Ask for referrals. Uh, ask ask um, the the agency to give them a couple contacts with um, their current clients and previous clients. It's not is that something oh, suitable. Okay, is that that's, hey, it's, it's a suitable practice? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, we, we've know. done that before. It depends, you know, not 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 for everyone. But if you're serious, we've had a meeting. We know that you know you're not you're not a business that. If, if, if you're a business that we've already discussed budgets with and you're like, look, we're ready to go, but we just want to do one final round of referrals, if that's, if that's okay and, and you're reasonable in, in what you're asking for, we're happy to provide um, a couple of clients of ours who are current to, to give feedback on, um, on, on their experience with us. Why not? We're, we're, why, why not do that if we're not confident in what our clients are going to say? But we're not going to do that for everyone. 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so so if anyone looking to get in touch, please don't let that be the first question you ask. Yeah. We, we, will, <laughs> we, will, we will we will we will do that for clients who um, typically are are, are spending um, in in the higher end of the budgets and are going to take us on for um, for a long term in, uh, in a long term way. And it, it depends, but but you can ask for that. It's not wrong. Uh, so that's the type. That's what we would encourage. Yeah. Okay. That's great. And mm. where? Where are you looking to take your business? Where's LGT Digital going to? Like, who's your ideal clientele? What's your focus on at the moment? Okay, so we want to work right now. Um, we want we want to work with businesses that are already up and running. So we don't typically work with startups. It's not our niche. We love working with uh, businesses that are up and running and want to. Scale, scale, scale up through digital marketing. Want to secure their, their business long term by establishing organic Google presence. Want to generate more leads instantly through Google Ads. They're a business that already have um, turnover, and the reason we say that is so that they're not going to have a massive issue in um, affording the, the the ad budget or the ad spend. And um, and that's pretty much like our bread and butter in terms of client base. Service based businesses are our ideal, um, you know, our, our ideal clients. So anyone from people we've already mentioned, from a from a, a florist all the way through to lawyers, accountants, and then our and in a space which we've um, somewhat niched in and we've gotten a lot of work from and. A space we really enjoy working with is the trades building and construction space. And the reason we like working with them is because. They've got such a high return on um, an investment per client closed. If you think about the average kitchen that gets renovated, it's around twenty grand upwards. You know, maybe ten, maybe fifteen. Um, and then, and so we 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 find a lot of success working with clients in that space. Okay, amazing. And yep. where so so you know, where can our listeners find you? What's your best contact? On- so we have, so you can go on our website, which is lgtdigital.com.au and look at our services there and get in touch with us through the website. If you wanted to take a look at us as a business more on a personal level, take a look at our culture, what we get up to on a day-to-day basis, um, some, some examples of our work, uh, you can get, head to our Instagram. So when we, when we do websites, we, um, some clients, the ones that we've got approval from, we don't do it for all websites we do. We'll showcase a website and go, here's, you know, here's our thought process behind it and, and we'll talk about it. So you can go to our Instagram, which is at LGT Digital. And then if anyone wanted to follow my journey personally, um, my Instagram is at Leo Alhalabi. Amazing. And I'll pop all your details in the notes as well. Um, for anyone looking to reach out to you, is there anything specific they should state when contacting you to make the process a bit easier? Well, not not necessarily. If they just let, let, let us know what it is that they're looking to do, where the, where their business is at, where they want to take it, and um, and where we're going to push for a phone call conversation. So if you're not, if you if you're just gonna, I guess, message us and, and try to get some information over text and email, it's probably not ideal. We want to have a chat to you. We want to mm-hmm. we want to have a conversation. So um, if you just let us know about your business. Briefly, what you, what services you're interested in having a conversation with? Our, our next step after that would be to get on some sort of phone call to find out more about your business and tell you about what we do. And we're always transparent with um, with, with everything from you know what the average website will cost all the way through to um, you know what kind of budget they'll need in their particular industry if they want to do SEO or Google Ads. Okay, amazing. It sounds very simple. Okay. 
Yeah. So really, we're, we're just looking to work with serious business owners. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're serious, you want to grow, and you're looking to work with a marketing agency, where then then it would be ideal for for you to get in touch with us. Yeah, because you're very results driven. Driven, like the, you know, the result we are. Yeah. We are. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Leo, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you um, for having me on. I always learn a lot when I speak to you. Um, and I'm sure everyone else did today. So if you'd like to reach out to Leo, please do so. Um, I can't rave enough about him and his team and how much they bend over backwards for their clients to get the results that they deserve. Thank um, you. So, yeah, that, that's all we have today. Um, and we'll see you again next time on the Social Go Podcast. Thanks, guys. Catch you next time on Social Go Podcast. Please don't forget to favorite us on Spotify so you receive weekly updates for every episode that we release on the Social Go Podcast. Yeah.